So we've been in this series called Cow Tipping, and uh, apparently we need to stream this thing to North Carolina too, because there's a stray cow in the road in North Carolina. It's made the news. People are like hitting a cow, and I'm like, just tip it over. It's all good. It's fine, you know? <laughs> Tune in to Radiate Church, you'll figure out how. Anyway, so we've been in this series called Cow Tipping, and it's all about idols, and it's all about how do we get God at his rightful place of the throne of our hearts. And, and, and here's what I know. In life, y'all, everything is fighting for our attention, isn't it? Everything's fighting for our attention. Everything's fighting to be at the top of our lives, you know? And, and we can make anything an idol. Anything good can be an idol. Even anything bad can be an idol. Maybe like past hurts and mistakes and wrongdoings or, or things that people, maybe it's things you've been through. And they can even become an idol because we focus on those more than God. We put those above God. We believe those values and those labels more than the label God gives us. Or whatever it is. And wh where I want us to go is I want us to get to this place where God has his rightful place in our hearts and nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else does. And, and, and throughout, like, here's what I know about. Let me, let me back up. Here's what I know about you. I may not know everything about your life. I may not know your job. Listen, I meet, there's, there's over 750 people that call this place home. It, it, actually, there's over 1,000 that call it home, but about 750 people a week walk in here right now. I meet a lot of people. So I don't even remember your names sometimes. Don't get offended. It's just I'm trying, and I only got so much room in here, and it ain't a lot. <laughs> but the truth is, is like, I may not know your names. I may not know your jobs. I may not know everything about you, but here's what I do know. We're all wired to want to be a part of something greater and bigger than ourselves. All of us. We have this drive that's just like built into us from God to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. That's why we, we try to attach ourselves to things bigger than ourselves. That's why we cheer on football teams every weekend. That's why we feel so attached to them because we want to be a part of something that we can't do. You know what I'm saying? Like We want all of that. And I know you're a part of that. But here's what has happened over, I would say, the past decade is because we're so enamored with being a part of something bigger than ourselves, I believe we've been inundated with this thought that we are the thing that's bigger. We are the bigger thing. It's supposed to be all about us and our name, and it's supposed to be about social media and being viral. Like, that used to send you to the doctor. Now it just makes you famous. Bad joke, but it's true. You know, it was a dad joke, that's true. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all these things, and we get so enamored with, hey, all the eyes on me, everybody look at me. I know what's right. I know this, I know that. And my, my profession is no different. Like, people get inundated with that in my profession. And, and what I want us to kind of get to is this idea today that maybe it's not about fame. Maybe it's more about forgetting fame. Maybe it's more about just going, it's not about being famous. There's something greater that I'm here for. I'd love to pray for you, and then we're going to move into the message. Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us. God, right where we are, way, way, way too much to leave us there. It's a journey on this, on, on this journey of life that you walk with us and help us reach sanctification and holiness and righteousness and, 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 and all that with you, God. It's so, it's so good. And God, it's tough, but it's good. And so today, I pray that today is just one more step in that journey of drawing closer to you as we fight idols and we get through this thing. God, I love you. Take us where you want us to go. Teach us. Teach us what, we want us to, what you want us to know. And God, thank you for life change today. And we are going to celebrate so hard that people's lives are forever shifted in this room. God, we love you in your name. 
Amen. Here's what I want you to know before we get into anything else. When you begin to wage war on idols, it's going to get messy. You just need to know that. It's going to get messy. We talked about it a little bit in week one. In week two, Pastor Chuck brought a great message last week about religion and, and, and listen, or traditions. And listen to me. It's going to get messy. There's going to be moments where you wage war against idols and the enemy is going to get mad. And the Bible clearly tells us there is an enemy that is out for our souls. And he's, he's roaming and seeking who He's coming after you. He's going to send warriors after you. And when you begin to wage war on idols so that God can take his rightful place in your heart, he's not going to be like, oh, okay, that's cool. I'll back off now. Man, he's going to bring out his best weapons. And there's going to be moments the bullets are going to hit, the arrows are going to hit you, you're going to have scars, you're going to be bleeding, it's going to be difficult. But I need you to hear me today because maybe you're at a place where you feel real beat up. You feel real like, I'm trying this thing. and every, I had somebody tell me one time they quit going to church because every time they started going to church, their life started going crazy. And I'm like, yeah, because the devil's mad about what you're doing. Like, of course, you're going in the opposite direction. you got to fight against some things. And, and, and maybe you're in a place today and you feel like that. I just need you to know there is no victory without a battle. So if I go against the battle and I don't want to go through the battle, then I will forfeit the victory. And I just need you to hear me today. God's with you, and it's going to be okay. And yes, you're going to get some wounds, but it is okay. Yes, you'll get some scars. Yes, there will be days, and you'll wake up and be like, what the heck am I doing? I'm not the only one, right? Anybody else in the room? I don't. Y'all super holy in this one, apparently. <laughs> I get like that, man. I hold on to things too long. I, I'm, I'm a jerk sometimes. Like It's just what it is. But oh, but God, right? Isn't he so good to us? And, and here's the thing about fame. is many psychologists believe that our obsession uh, with fame and, and going viral on social media and all this stuff is actually birthed out of insecurity. It's actually an obsession for us because we feel like we have no value until we have every eye on us. And here's what they say. Uh, people like us, uh, adults in the room, we like to go, oh, the next generation deals with that. No, 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 no. It's very prevalent in this generation and beyond, too. It's senior citizens deal with it, young adults deal with it, and teenagers deal with it. We all deal with it through every generation, and it's not specific to one. But it's insecurity because we feel like until we have everybody's approval, we are not valuable. And before we move on, I need you to hear what I'm about to say because it's something that is changing my life day in and day out. And it is your value does not come from anyone but God. Your value comes from being a son or a daughter of God first and foremost. If I can learn how to be a son and I can learn, or you can learn how to be a daughter, I'm telling you, your value is not in social media. Your value is not in somebody's opinion. Your value is not in politics. Your value is not in a voting booth. Your value is surely and only found in the cross of Jesus, in the goodness of God our Father. That's it. And the reason we hold on to things, the reason things hurt, the reason we try to get our value through popularity and fame is because we don't believe it. And I need you to understand me today. Some of you are in the room and you don't feel that. And that's okay. I don't always either, but I always get to know it. Even when I wake up and I'm like, God, do you really love me? He looks at me and he's like, yeah, no, I'm skull. I still love you. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. Read the Bible. It tells you that I will never leave and I'll never forsake. And your value doesn't come by how many people know your name. It comes from how well you know his. That's the value that we get to live out. In, in this life. And so I want to give you some thoughts today about defeating or, 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 or replacing 
the idol, the idol of fame. And here's one of them. Um, the idol of fame is all about how popular I can be or how many eyes I can get fo- focusing on, on me, right? And, and Jesus in Mark chapter 8 and verse 36 has this statement. And y'all, it's so challenging. And my prayer is, is that it steps on you a little bit today to kind of make you go, oh. You ever read a scripture and you go, oh, that one hurt. But it hurts so good because it makes us better. Here's what Jesus says. He's talking to a group of people. And in Mark chapter 8, verse 36, he says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet they forfeit their soul? Let that sink in for me. What, he's going, what good is it if you've got everything that you ever dreamed of at 35 years old? Everything you've ever dreamed of at 42 years old. Everything you've ever dreamed of at 65 years old. You've got everything. You, what good is it if you've got everything? But you have nothing because your soul is not accounted for. The Bible tells us that there's a place, there's a point where we can reach to where we think we're good with good God. In fact, it says everyone that says Lord, Lord will not meet him. There's a moment where we can get to God and we can show up face to face with God and he can look at us and go, I never knew you. Not I never loved you. That doesn't change. Not I didn't create you. That doesn't change. I never knew you. Why? Because knowing someone takes them spending time with you too. Are you with me today? And like, he says, what good is it if I gain everything? Let, let me put it to me. What good is it if I got a 25,000 person church with 15, 20 locations, people giving their lives to God every day, a beautiful wife, a big house, a boat, praise God, <laughs> a Ford Raptor, come on somebody. I don't even care if it's that, just off-road. I don't, it ain't even got to go off-road, it just needs to look like it can. That's all I really care about. <laughs> Four with, you know what I'm saying? Like, what does it matter if I've got everything that you would look at and go, that's everything in life. But my soul is tormented. And I haven't connected with the one that loves me without that stuff. The Bible teaches us there's no benefit to it. And, and, and that means that we got to get to this place to where I, I need you to understand when we really submit our lives to God, when we really pray that prayer to Jesus, I need you to hear me. The prayer does not save you. It is the belief of the words that you're saying. The Bible says, if I, if I speak it with my mouth and believe it with my heart, then I am, then I am saved. Not just if I speak it with my, no, I got to believe what the heck I'm saying. And when I submit my life, and I mean like really, I'm not talking about I just pray a prayer. Hey, God, I don't want to go to hell. That sounds terrible. I'm talking about whenever I go, hey, God, I can't do this without you. Hey, God, I can't be the mom or the dad. I can't be the husband or the wife. I can't be the son or the daughter. I can't be the friend. I can't be the leader. I can't be the pastor. I can't be the CEO. I can't do anything without you, God. God, you gave everything to give me life. I want that. I want relationship with the Father that loves me no matter what. That's what I'm talking about. Somebody that goes, my life is not about me. It's about you. I'm talking about when we really submit that, our job actually becomes real easy. And our job is this, to make Jesus famous. That's it. Did you know that when you give your life to Jesus, your job is not just to be a CEO. It's not to make all the money. All that stuff's fine. Get all you can get in this world as long as it doesn't get you. As long as you can still be generous. As long as you can still fund God's mission on the earth. All that stuff. You do those things. 
But that's not your job. My job, your job, our job when we submit to God is to make Jesus famous. How do we do that? Jesus actually tells us, in, or, or uh, the Bible actually tells us in John chapter 3, in verse 30, it says this, He must become greater, and I must become less. In other words, if I'm going to make Jesus famous, it can't be about me. Because if it's about me, it can't be about him. It can't be about, I don't ever want anybody to ever get this mixed up. This church is not about Brandon Goff. Because if it were, I'd disappoint every single one of you. Some of you are like, you did a good job of that. That's fine. This church ain't about me. This church is about the hundreds of people that serve. This church is about the people that give their lives to Jesus. This church is about the glory of God. This church is about the fact that he gave a son to die on a cross so that we could have everlasting life. This church ain't about lights. This church ain't about music. This church ain't about the preaching. This church is about the glory of God being manifested in people's lives and us experiencing the freedom that the Holy Spirit gives. Don't ever get that mixed up at Radiate Church. It is not about us. It is about him every step of the way. Why? Because if it's about us, it won't be about him. And it's the same thing in life. If it's about us, it's never about him. And he tells us very clearly, he goes, listen, I gave you life, so make much of my life. I don't know about you, but if he gave me breath, I don't think it should be so hard during worship to give it back to him. If he gave me energy this morning, I don't think it should be so hard for me to throw my hands up and be like, God, I place you at the rightful place, and you are God, and I give you all that I have. I just don't think it should be that. I don't think if he gave me gifts that it should be so difficult for me to use them to expand his kingdom. You see what I'm saying? It's about less of me because the Christian life is not about being comfortable. The Christian life is about being active. It's about moving. It's about doing. That's why I tell you things like this. Like, um, go invite people. You know why? Because that's less of me. Because there's times I invite people, and I'm like, I don't really want to talk to people. I'm not a people person today. But the truth is I invite somebody because an invite could change their life. Because we got rooms to fill so that they can fill the Holy Spirit and they can experience God in a new way and we, they can get baptized and we can celebrate them. That's what it's about. Less of me and more of him. And when we get to that place, we begin to realize. The next thought is, we begin to realize that you and I are not the star of our story. You're not the main character. I just want to bust your bubble in the way that God busted mine. I ain't the main character and neither are you. Think about your movies, right? I'm not a movie guy. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you straight up. Some of you guys at the 830 stop. Some of the 830 guys stopped me after the service and started talking to me about movies. At 99%, I have no idea about what movie you're talking about. I don't watch movies. All I do is fast, pray, and worship. That's it. I don't do, I'm just kidding. That's, that's not what I do. All the time. I just don't watch movies. I haven't seen an ep I have not seen. The, somebody asked me the other day about The Wizard of Oz. Did you know I've never seen The Wizard of Oz? Less of your judgment, more of his grace. Our drummer today, Marty, love him. Great friend of mine. We've been friends a long time. He's committed to the vision of this church, and we love what him and his family do uh, to help us expand the kingdom. He's wearing a Star Wars shirt today. Never seen Star Wars. Seen like five minutes of movies. I don't know. I could tell you there's a guy named Boba Fett. That's because my 11-year-old told me that. <laughs> it's, I'm getting there. Never seen the little Hobbit movies? Lord of the Rings? Is that what they're called? Never seen them. 
right? I'm holier than y'all. That's all it is. And, no, I'm just, I'm just messing. But the, now, I could quote line by line, dumb and dumber and major pain all day long. There's a whole generation of you that don't know anything about those movies, and you're missing out. I'm just letting you know. Think about <laughs> I'm not quoting them today. <laughs> These are recorded, Marty. I'm not doing this. <laughs> Think about your favorite movie, y'all. There's a main character, a couple main characters, and then there's supporting characters. Can I tell you, you're not the main character. You're one of the supporting characters. You're one of the supporting actors. God is the main character. Jesus is the main character. The Holy Spirit is the main character. You're a supporting character that is to lift those up. In fact, in Matthew, in Matthew chapter 20, in verse 28, Jesus makes this really perplexing statement that flips theology and cultural theology on its head. In Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, he says this, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, and then it goes on and it says it like this, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Why is that such a perplexing statement from Jesus? We, we read it because we read it because we know the end of the story. And we read it because we know. But if you heard the statement from Jesus in that day, you got to understand Jesus is admitting and telling people, I am the Messiah that you've been waiting on. You're standing back in his Jewish culture. I'm waiting on a Messiah to come and forgive my sin and reconcile me back to the Father and take me to heaven and, and, and make this place what it needs to be and make me holy and make me righteous. And Jesus is going, hey, that's me. I'm that guy. In fact, in John chapter 4, he's talking to the Samaritan woman and the Samaritan woman is telling him all about the Messiah that's going to show up. You know what Jesus said? Oh, that sounds great. I want to meet that guy. No. Jesus looks at her and goes, I am he. In other words, I'm the Messiah you've been waiting on. So for him to show up and go, I'm the Messiah, but you are not to serve me. You don't bow at my feet. You don't wash my feet. You don't do those things. He goes, in fact, I'm doing those things to you. Why is that upside down? Because that was a thing of royalty. You did that to people of high regard in your presence. Now, Jesus had people in his presence that served him because they believed in him. And they took care of him and they made sure that he had what he needed to accomplish what God wanted. But he did not go out and go, hey, you are to serve me. He said, I am to serve you. And this was Jesus' rhythm. Some of us need to learn this. Jesus' rhythm was he'd go and serve people. Healing, preaching, whatever it was, he'd go serve people. And then he'd go and disappear for a few days. And he'd go rest and connect with the Father. And then he'd come back and he's restored and he's feeling good and he's refreshed. And so he starts serving again. And then he takes a few days and he goes and rests and refreshes and restores and he comes back. And it's just back and forth. And that's what Jesus did all, all the time. And so for Jesus to say, I'm not here to, to be served. I'm here to serve you. It makes the Last Supper, if you go and read about the Last Supper, even more meaningful. When he begins to sit down and he, he washes the disciples' feet. And he looks at the people that gave their life to serve ministry with them. And he goes, hey, take off your shoes, your dirty shoes. They didn't have Jordans. They had sandals. Their feet were disgusting. And he said, give me the dirtiest part of your life and I'll wash them clean. And he told them and he told the disciples. And that's why Peter looked at him. And Peter said, no, you can't wash my feet. I should wash your feet. And Jesus looks at Peter and he makes this statement. He goes, but unless I do, you cannot be a part of me in the kingdom. In other words, me serving you gives access to the kingdom of God. And I need you to hear me in what I'm about to say. 
I know our theology says my job and people should, I deserve, I should get paid more. I this, I that. And I just need you to hear me. Jesus flips that on his head and says, no, we are to serve others. Less of me, more of him. We're not the main character of any of this. And when we realize that, then I can get to this next thought and it's this. That it's not, the goal is not to be first here. But the goal is to be first there. In fact, in Matthew chapter 20 and verse 16, if you just go back a few verses, Jesus is talking again to a group of people and he makes this statement. So the last will be what? First. And the first will be? Last. I love this statement. I love this verse, especially when I'm playing golf. I love to play golf. Well, I love to attempt to play golf. I'm not very good. The big joke is, well, your last name's golf. You ought to be good. And I'm like, well, last name is not a game. It's life. It's identity. I'm just kidding. But I I do. I'm rarely first on the golf course. Rarely. And if I am, it's by accident. And I love to go, hey, the first, will, the first will be last. So, like, you finish first, but you're, you're a loser. <laughs> you're last. Hey, I came in last, but I'm the winner. <laughs> you know, I lo- we love doing that. I, I really do say that all the time because it's the only thing that I can win at, at the golf course. Anyway, so, but here's what Jesus is saying. He's actually kind of leaning back into this idea that I'm, I came to serve, not be served. And he's going, listen, he's thinking right back to, so what he says at the beginning, what does it gain to, what is it good, what good is it if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? And here's what Jesus is saying. Man, the goal is not to get everything you want on earth. It's, it's, it's not to be the most popular, the most famous, not to go viral. It's not all that stuff. He says the goal is to be seen and known by God. And God literally says in his word, that we can show up and he says, I don't even know you. Doesn't mean he didn't create us, doesn't mean he doesn't love us. It means we don't spend time with him. And, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to get to a place to where everyone knows me here, but I'm not known there. Or I gain the whole world and I lose my soul. And Jesus is like, listen, if you go back and listen to the series we did on the Sermon on the Mount, it'll help make this make a lot more sense. But the culture and the context in that day was they were all jockeying for position to be the best, to have the most, to be the richest, to be the smartest, all this stuff. And the truth of the matter is, it ain't about that. It's It's about Jesus. It's about God. It's about Him and giving of ourselves, serving others serving God whenever I wake up and I don't want to spend time with God and I go I'm going to anyway giving of my myself whenever I'm throwing a pity party because of what I'm going through in life I'm giving of myself anyway it's certain I love the scripture in the Bible it says do everything as unto the Lord everything it doesn't say hey do the big things as unto the Lord no everything the way you love your wife And I'm not the best at all this. I I struggle at it just like everybody else. The way I love my wife, the way I love my kids, the way I pastor this church. In fact, the way I go through hard times shows who's at the throne of my heart. 
When I give up and there's a hard time, I don't believe God can be victorious. And man, the truth, the truth is, is that when we place God, when we place God at the, at the, at the forefront, at the, at the throne of our lives, I'm just, I just need like somebody to hear me and just get excited today. It is my job to point people to him. Not to me. See, my job is to go, you know what? There's a man, and there's a man that gave us life. There's a man, you know what I need to be pointing people to, and I need to be making famous? That crown of thorns that tore Jesus' scalp in, in half and shredded his face when people look. I need to be making that famous. I need to be making the, the, the mental picture of a man with bones poking out of his back because the cat of nine tails ripped the flesh from his back and tortured. That's what I need to make famous. I need to make famous the fact that they came and they wrapped him in grave clothes and they carried him to an empty tomb and that was after he was hung on a cross and suffocated to death. That was after he said, Tetelestai, it is finished. And then on the third day he gets back up and he goes, I got the keys of death, hell and the grave. It's not your perfection. It's not your popularity. It's the value that he placed on you. And that's what I make famous. Less of me. More of him. And when we celebrate baptism in just, in just a minute, man, this is the exciting part. That baptism water saves no one. That is not salvation. Salvation happened in their life long before that water. And that is what the salvation or what the, the water is symbolic of is, hey, I'm this person when I went in. It is an outward expression of inward change. And by getting baptized, they're going, I don't care who knows it. I don't care who knows what God's done in my life. I don't care that they know that I was a, a terrible, wretched sinner that couldn't get it all together, and I still am. But it's like when I went under that water and I came back up, he goes, I'm going to wash you clean, and we're good to go through the blood of Jesus. See, whenever I, we baptize people, I need you to understand me. We're celebrating that they're now pointing people to the cross. You know what bothers me is when I hear people that'll leave a church or, or, or get frustrated at a church with people and they'll go, I just know what they did. I know who they used to be. I know what they do sometimes now. And I want to look at them and go, then let their life be the perfect portrait of redemption and the goodness of God. Because I don't know about you, but if you know what they've done, they probably know what you've done too. Let us be a place of forgiveness and grace. And it goes back to the phrase we say weekly, God loves you where you are, but what? Way too much to leave you there. Because it's a journey of not perfection, but a journey of love and sanctification. And here's what I'd love to do. I just want to pray real quick over you. If you're in the room and you want to give your life to Jesus today, I want to ask you to do something. All I want you to do is on your way out today, there's a corner. We call it our care corner, and there's people back there that want to pray with you. If you want to give your life to Jesus, I'd love for you to just swing by there and go, hey, I just need to pray for forgiveness today. I need to pray for Jesus in my life. And those people will have a one-on-one -on -one conversation. They'll get, you, um, they'll get you resources in your hands so we can do it together. And they're going to pray with you face to face but what I want to do is we're going to pray and then we're going to sing a song called Raised to Life maybe a new song for many of you but here, man we're going to worship our guts out in this place
We're going to worship our guts out to radiate, to, 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 for uh, raise to life. We're going to worship our guts out. We're going to give him our words. We're going to give him our energy. We're going to give him all we have because he has raised us to life. And then after that song, there's going to be people that are going to come right over here and we're going to baptize. And we're going to, again, we're popping confetti candles. I just don't want you to be caught off guard. Don't grab your hip if you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, we, just kidding, y'all. Just kidding. But we're going to celebrate. And we're going to shout. And we're going to clap. And we're going to have a blast. Why? Because we're raised to life through the blood of Jesus. And we will forget fame for us, but make him famous. Would you stand to your feet with me today? I'd love to, love to pray with you. And then we're going to worship together. Father, thank you. We love you. We give you all that we have.